0: Disrupting Japan, Episode 10. Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening. Today, we sit down with Yusuke Takahashi, founder of AppSocially and GrowthHacker.jp, and a contributor to TechCrunch Japan. Now, he's a bit earlier stage than most of our guests, but he has an amazing story to tell about starting up companies both here in Japan and in the U.S. Now, no one can say Yusuke doesn't have guts. Uh, The man left a promising academic career to found a startup here in Japan. And when that didn't work out, he left his wife behind in Japan and bought a one-way ticket to San Francisco to join the 500 Startups Incubator and start another company there. I don't want to tell you too much about it because the story is great to hear him tell it directly. Now, I'm going to be a bit meta today, Since the topic of this podcast will come up during the interview, I'd like to talk a bit about the podcast itself. I get asked a lot what I'm trying to do with this podcast, and frankly, more than anything else, I'm trying to show entrepreneurs around the world that Japanese founders are far more like them than they are like the old image of the Japanese salaryman, and also to let aspiring Japanese founders know that startup founders are not so different from them. I mean, there's no magic to starting and growing a company. There's an awful lot of hard work, but there's, there's no magic to it. Now, producing this podcast has led to a number of surprises, both good and bad over the past few months. Two well-known individuals seem to feel genuinely slighted when I declined their offer to be on the show, because although they were very experienced, respected, and knowledgeable, they had not actually started a company themselves. So they weren't actually founders. Now Japan is a very hierarchical society, and almost everything that happens here tends to be seen through the lens of ranking. The people who come on a show must outrank those who do not. Shows with higher ranking guests are clearly more important, and, well, that's not what we're trying to do here. Now some of our guests are wealthy and quite well known, but all of them are founders, And all of them have enough experience to have real stories, real insights, and they're willing to share them openly and honestly. Now, by all means, as a founder or anyone else, really, you should read the books of people who are genuine experts in the field. But you'll learn far more from talking to real entrepreneurs about their real experiences. As a founder people who are on the same path as you can probably give you far better advice about what your next step should be than someone who manages a $500 million investment fund. Now, these podcasts are edited down so that only the best content's included. And a lot of what got edited out this time was me nudging, pushing, and even bullying Yusuke away from talking about grand, overarching global trends and getting him to open up about his own personal experiences. And when he finally does so, you can almost hear the switch flip, and he tells an amazing story. Now, he's a younger guy, but you'll learn a lot from him. I know I did. Ah, also, one of the most frustrating things about running this podcast is that so often the best conversations and the most amazing insights come after I turn off the microphones. Now, normally I handle this by quietly weeping in frustration, and I just let it go. But this time, Yusuke had some amazing comments that I just have to include. I'll paraphrase them after the interview, during the outro. So let's get right to it. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. This is it San Francisco. Yeah, it's a, a San Francisco oh, Christmas Anca- ale. Oh yeah, is this Anka's Yeah. It seemed appropriate for the, the season and the location. Yeah. So uh, I'm sitting here with Yusuke Takahashi of AppSocially. Thanks for sitting down. Hi. Let's first talk a bit about AppSocially. Mm-hmm. And it, it's um, an application that, that or a service that helps mobile apps get, get attention and get users mm-hmm. and hopefully get some viral traction. Mm-hmm. You can obviously explain it much better than I can. So... Why don't you tell me a bit about AppSocially and a bit mm-hmm. about your customers? I think you already
1: explained everything. Really? Yeah. Is it that simple? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The product should be simple because we are startup. We should be creating some scalable business and repeatable business. Um, our, product, our company is called AppSocially, uh, which was founded last year in February and based in San Francisco and we have a subsidiary company in Tokyo as well. That's why I'm here back in Tokyo now. Okay. And the company is providing a product called AppSocial, which is an invite feature for mobile application developers. So if you have a mobile application, you can install a product, I mean our SDK, into your product. And we help your customers to invite other friends, like referral program of Uber. Mm-hmm. So your existing user invites their friend, and their friends are using it and both get, for example, 20 bucks. And this could be integrated into
0: anybody's uh, yeah. mobile application. Yeah,
1: with just one-line one code, you can install this feature. We help you keep track of customer referral metrics, like who invited who, how many, how. Mm-hmm. How is like via line, via Facebook, via All right, so you know which message. channel is is going. Yeah. Is, is, is working the best for you. Well, yeah, and also you can A-B test, optimize right. the landing pages,
0: which embedded in the message. Now. This isn't your first company. In fact, you founded something called the Individual Company. Oh, yeah. Why do you know that? <laughs> I, I do my research. <laughs> okay.
1: I do my research. I know okay. all about you. Okay. The Individual Company was your yeah. first company, right? Yeah. So, um, Before that, I was working for university yeah. as a computer scientist after I got a PhD. And I majored in database of computer science. So the Individual Company, was that, was that related to your research or was that just a project
0: that, that you wanted to do?
1: Before starting individual company, I quit my job at university. Right. And then so I was creating, for example, a website for Swedish cre- classical guitarists, for example. Oh,
0: wow, okay. Yeah,
1: and also I created a website for an like, opera singer in Russia. I okay. created a website, I created a mobile application, I created a postcard, I designed business card as well. So I did design, coding, and content management. Just the,
0: the freelancing lifestyle.
1: Yeah. So I had many friends like that, and I helped them, but, but I figured out that it was not scalable. And I found that a company called Digital Garage, right. which started something called Incubator. Mm-hmm. They had some meetups in inviting, for example, Ryan from Food Suite and Leland from Twitter. So I met those people, and I found that so how they are working or how those companies are created. Yeah. So the the difference between being a
0: freelancer and, and yeah. being a, and how, being in a startup. Being in a startup. Yeah. So and I, you're just learning by example, basically. Yeah. yeah so much. Now you were in the original OnLab class? Yeah. I One was, of the early ones, right? Yeah the
1: first part. Okay. That was the individual company. And and so what happened after oh, yeah. that it just didn't Finally, yeah. Well my company was about the crowdsourcing. Oh. I really like the idea of people can work remotely, my, but my, my idea was not something like crowdsourcing now, but more like tools and platforms for those freelance people. I mean, okay. so you don't have to work for a company or like you don't have to establish a company. For, for example, if an individual company do everything, including accounting for you or getting customs for you or legal works for you. Right. You shouldn't. You, you don't have to do it. You, you should be just creative to work for other people. That's an awful that,
0: lot of work to yeah, take that, on, though. Yeah,
1: and that was something that I had a big vision with just myself as a one founder. The team was too small and <laughs> yeah. the vision was too big. Yeah,
0: I yeah. think <laughs> you've been very resilient. You keep trying and trying again because you also founded a growth hacker, right? Yeah. Well, let's talk about growth. Oh yeah. Because this is something that I, I think. San Francisco companies are obsessed with Mm -hmm. growth. It is Mm -hmm. the one metric that matters. Mm -hmm. The Japanese founders don't seem to have
1: that level of urgency yet. Good startup founders are always obsessed with growth. But most others don't. When I met Steve Rank, he said um, "Growth hacker, the term of growth hacker makes sense because uh, when startup people and founders are working in a small team in rapid growth, environment, requirement. Even engineers have to understand the corporate vision, corporate KPIs, and the growth metrics as well. Mm -hmm. That's the basis of Silicon Valley. People keep working on the product and company, focusing on growth. So do you think that in Japan, the the, the growth
0: hacker ideas are being adopted? Are people using them?
1: Not yet. Um, Good companies know it. Okay. Know it. But But um, do they do it? The idea of gross hacking or tactics of a good company in Silicon are just imported to Japan, and they try to copy it. But it's totally different because the idea is totally different. Their customer and culture of their customers are totally different. So they have to... They, they shouldn't just copy it. That is a really good point.
0: Well, I, I meet a lot of people who call themselves gross hackers here mm-hmm. in Japan. But most of it is like... Okay, well, that's social marketing. Mm-hmm. That, that's good, it's important, yeah. but that's, that's different. Yeah. And, and I think almost by definition, growth hacking is understanding your customer's ecosystem well enough to find out a little trick, mm-hmm. find out little spaces. Yeah. And J- Japan companies, do you think they're starting to catch on?
1: I'm trying to tell them
0: you're trying to tell them <laughs> <laughs> good luck I yeah. really no they need to no, know yeah it's- that's
1: why for example I'm I'm always talking with my friends they're working as founders in the companies here and also I'm all, often invited by like big companies for example like, like Yahoo Japan or yeah. uh, Rakuten or like Recruit for like corporate executive training session as a like lecturer and I talk about the methodologies and customer development ways
0: do you think they're using the information? Yeah, I think so. You you do?
1: Yeah. Okay. I,
0: yeah. Well, that's encouraging.
1: Yeah. For example, we, like good all CEOs of the company are now telling lean, lean, lean now, and they have many like product managers, all those young product managers working like entrepreneurs.
0: Well, that's really encouraging to hear. Yeah.
1: It's good to see progress. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, let, let's switch gears. There's something I want to ask you. Um, you got your PhD at KO, right? Yeah. Ko Ko University seems to produce a very large number of startup founders. Oh. I will meet far more founders from Ko mm-hmm. than from Todai mm-hmm. or from from Wasuda, Say, mm-hmm. and I know that Ko is really active. They, they've got their own incubation program. They, they seem to be very supportive of entrepreneurship.
1: I think there might be many reasons, but I think maybe I can tell you like two things that I know. One. Yukichi Fukuzawa So he's the only sensei in KO Really? Yeah So he always teaches us like Be independent If you learn something Then you can be a teacher to other people You teach them You help them This is something that everyone I think Has in mind Even after they graduate from university So um, So you like, think the school
0: just has Somewhat of a more of an independent, independent culture
1: Yeah and also teach other people, which means good at managing people.
0: Huh.
1: So the other one is the part of KO called KOSFC, the Shonan Hushisa campus, which is really, really like a unique campus. Which, so everyone but people at medical school oh, are yeah. there. Some people are creating movies. Some people are creating companies. I was doing like computer science. Other people are working on politics. Other people are running like economics.
0: And it's all on the same campus. Yeah.
1: So to be friends with other people, you always have to pitch like a pitch in 10 seconds that I'm doing this. That's why I'm here and I'm working on that lecture okay. and I'm working in that big conference in Tokyo as a professional. You Not know, like I a student. Think that alone probably does it because I,
0: I have friends who are, are professors at Todai or mm-hmm. are, are students and the business school and the computer science, it's on different campuses. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no chance to interact with, mm-hmm. with people outside yeah. your discipline. So that's not good, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think what what's happening. At Ko is is much better.
1: And also because we have a lot of opportunities uh, to learn many things. For example, there are many designers who can code, yeah. or like uh, economists who can design. So there are many people that has kind of double or triple measures in in the campus. Well, that's good. Japan needs more of that. So when you left
0: a good academic career. To start a startup, you mentioned before that it was really hard to explain to your family and friends why yeah. you wanted to do that. <coughs> Did you read that the article from BBC? I read the article. <laughs> I told you, I do my research. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One thing that that I was lucky that my wife is also like self-employed. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's a, a professional musician. So but,
0: she's also creative and independent.
1: Yeah. So she she works as a self-employed musicians, also producers. But on the other hand, everyone of her relatives said to me, like, surprising a lot after I decided to quit my job at the university because they saw that daughter got married with future professor.
0: Ah, uh, right. So yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's a very high-status job
1: Yeah. To, to
0: trade in. So are, are they still upset or are they okay now?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think they are okay, because
0: we are still survive, surviving. Yeah. I mean, the image of founders and entrepreneurs in Japan, it, it, it is getting better and more acceptable, don't you think? Mm,
1: I think so, because I'm in that industry. Yeah, But I don't think so. But we are only like 1%, less than 1% of the whole population in Japan. We know many founders, we know many investors. So you think the, the greater part of Japan is still very
0: skeptical of of this whole
1: yeah, never entrepreneur
0: take thing. I, I, one of my... The questions I ask a lot of our guests is if I, if I gave you a, a magic wand mm-hmm. and I said, okay, you can change one thing about Japanese society or laws or politics to make it better for, for entrepreneurs, what would you change?
1: The cultural aspect of helping other people. You mean sort of mentoring and... Yeah, mentoring and investing. That's sort of different, I think. I, I, we can see many people, many experienced experience entrepreneurs like you, for example, I can meet you here right. tonight. I'm so happy. But I'm so happy. Most people cannot see you. If they really like to found a company, um, it's so hard to find someone who has experience, who has um, like good insight about being in this industry, for example, right. also working as a founder, working as like a, like early employee at the startup. But when I'm in San Francisco, for example, when I'm at Sightglass Coffee, I see, for example, and Shah in front of me uh, from Kissmetrics, Right. and Wild behind me, <laughs> and I talk with Hiten, Hey, I just um, I'm d- working in, in this like this, and. Uh, do you remember me when I met at 500 Startups? Oh, yeah, I, I remember you. And I did a, I did that idea that you gave me. And that really worked. What do you think? Oh, that's great. How about try, try this one? And that
0: is, yeah. It I always th- happens.
1: Yeah. I, I think that is one of the
0: things that is really wonderful about San Francisco is that people are very generous about giving introductions yeah. and... Oh, I have two friends who are trying to solve the same problem. Mm-hmm. They should meet each other. Yeah, And I think you're right. Japan still, there are too many gatekeepers. Yeah. Where it's like, well, if I introduce you to this person, <coughs> yeah. I want to get 5% of this mm-hmm. or
1: something like that. Yeah. So um, people are generous. People are really uh, helpful. There um, So many people around, their experiences are just around, just like... A depth of experience and yeah. people willing to share. Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess in Japan, the, well, there, there's two things we're up against here, I suppose. One is that we don't have as many entrepreneurs with real experience mm-hmm. that, that you can talk to. Yeah. And the other is the, the culture itself isn't quite as open.
1: Mm-hmm. So if I'd like to change something, yeah. I'd like to change that culture of helping other people, each other. It's not about Japan. Okay it's not about Tokyo it's about San Francisco it's about Shikon Valley where there was like I think seventh or eighth cycle of people found a company grew get
0: acquired seven generations of
1: entrepreneurs got stock options they help other people they found other companies they advise other companies and this is like seven or eight times but in New York City it's just like three so, it's so hard to uh, compete with your company because there are so many people, much other people, so much experience. People are always helping other people. But um, I think, and here in Japan, though, I think we're still on our, our first. Yeah. I, I think right now
0: is really the first time we're seeing a lot of successful entrepreneurs wanting to mentor and invest in the next generation.
1: Um, I agree with you. I think maybe five years ago or maybe six years ago, Dave Makura came to Japan for like for gigs on the plane and he came to some drink up. Everybody was talking. He suddenly stood up, said really in a loud voice, Hey just listen to me. If you meet Mr. Tanaka or Mr. Namba, uh huh, tell them that you should come here. In Silicon Valley, people like Dave, or people like Peter Thiel, people like Steve Brown, they are always, they are around to share their experience because they were also raised by other people who shared experience for free. There's no place where I can just do chairs with Mr. Tanaka to, ah. to ask him, hey, I'm working on this, what, what do you think? Um, there's no place like that. I'm saying like in, in Tokyo,
0: very successful entrepreneurs... Aren't necessarily hanging out with the no, next generation, the new guys. And yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that. I, I think yeah. you're right. Another question, but this is something I th- I'm really interested to hear your opinion on incubators. And you've been through two different incubators with two different companies. You did the um, one here on, with Open Network Lab here in Japan, you did 500 startups in the US. So, what is the real value incubators add? What's the advantage? of going to an incubator? It depends.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, what was the value for you personally? Okay. And then we'll talk like general. The really good thing that on lab provided was the 12th floor of this garage building. It's uh, like uh, outside Silicon Valley, but it's like Silicon Valley. Do, do you mean the, the,
0: the environment or the, the number of entrepreneurs there? Um, what was like Silicon Valley? Yeah,
1: number of um, founders working there. Okay. But it's more about people I can meet. For example, Phil Reaving came to the building, and we can I, I I can just talk with with him for five minutes on the on on, on the street. And I'm a business on the I'm lying on the on, on the floor. He he they just come hang out in the, in the lounge of the of the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Digital Garage has a fantastic group of
0: of coaches and mentors. Yeah, that come in as part of that. Yeah,
1: that actually, there. most most mentors doesn't come, but we can just reach out to them.
0: Oh, okay. By asking Online. them,
1: yeah, asking them to make intro, and, and how about five hundred startups? What was the value you got out of that one? I don't compare any, anything with Japanese one. Well, not comparing, but, Just uh, what's the value you it's, found? It's well done, I think. They provide things that we actually need when we actually need.
0: What what kind
1: of for of example um, when we into Silicon Valley, we are nobody. Like, Japanese founder. Yeah, but, um, oh, this guy is invested by Dave. And maybe this guy might be working with a really good one. And that's helpful. Like, uh, good founders in, uh, in the same growth stage right. in the world gathered to one place. So we worked with um, 30 companies from every country in the world. And they are also... So, so a lot of the value is yeah, was- was the, the other companies you were working yeah, with? Yeah, they are so small. They are like huh. the, the best entrepreneurs in the same generation in their countries. For example, when I was there, the Brazil was like really rapidly growing. That's mm. why there was like two or three companies in my batch. We can just learn from how they work, how they communicate, how, how they grab the chance. 500
0: startups in particular seems to be very intentionally trying to get an international a yes. group of startups. Yep. They're, they're trying to find the best from all over the world and bring them together. Yeah, they are trying to make a really strong family in the world. Yeah, you, you learn as much from other entrepreneurs or more than you do from the official mentors. As long as I have you here, you are my, my incubator expert. <laughs> because... no, <laughs> they're, Just experience. Well, no, you've been through two very good incubators mm-hmm. with two different companies on, in two different countries. And there's not many people who've done that.
1: Actually, many people in five-month startup graduate from other incubator. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: there are so many incubators mm-hmm. now in both in Tokyo and in San Francisco. Yeah. So what kind of companies should join an incubator? Okay.
1: So it, it's always about what you'd like to do. For example, if you'd like to have good traction to enter Silicon Valley community, that's a small community. Maybe you should have someone who. Is famous, uh, who is respected in that community. So Dave, with Walpole, a good br- an incubator with a good yes, brand, Altman might be very helpful. Right, uh, but it doesn't have to be an uh, incubator. Can be a good investor, an angel investor as well. If you look at the demo day pitch at Y Combinator, they always have a really great traction, list of logos of their customers. They are all amazing. Yeah, example. it's so. It's not easy, but it's so helpful.
0: That makes that makes a lot of sense, yeah. especially if you're traveling somewhere else. If you're yeah. moving to San Francisco or if you're coming to Tokyo from yeah. Osaka or Sapporo or something. Especially among founders, the community is so important because, uh-huh. let's face it, most of us fail a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I certainly have. Yeah, and there's very few people who understand what that's like unless you've already done it. Let me ask you... The information like 500 startups and Y Combinator is fascinating, but lots of people are writing about that. So I want to I want to talk about you and your opinions. Yeah. I, I think the change from a fast-track professor position to move into entrepreneurship is a huge change. What was the most important skill you had to learn when you became an entrepreneur?
1: Um, what did you have to change about yourself? Either there are so many things. Everything is like... Everything is Let's talk so about a couple our, of them. Like, yeah. what, what, what did you have to
0: change, like in your personality or um, your, your, your skills, or what did you have
1: to become comfortable with? Um, for me, scientist, artist, entrepreneurs are the same. How so, so? Yeah, we create something new by not just solving the problem, but creating method approach or new ways of solving the problem as well. So developing new systems. New systems. All right. Uh, for me, being an entrepreneur is almost the same as being a computer scientist. So it wasn't as big as a change as it, as it looks like. But it should be always, always the same. If you try to become a professional, you always have to be an active learner. You always have to keep learning or studying something new. As an entrepreneur, everything is new for me. Being an entrepreneur is about yeah. learning everything. Our customers' industry, I should know about how they make decisions. I have to know uh, how to raise money, how to think about life. But these are all new skills you had to, to yeah. learn, right? Founder keeps being a CEO. It's so, so tough. My goal is that I should always be growing much faster than the company grows.
0: Oh, wow. That's interesting. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I have to be a better CEO. Alright. All of these things you had to learn. What what was the most
1: difficult for you personally? That changes every day. Like <laughs> depends on I'm always facing with really big change which I have to solve with a team. The most important thing that I can tell is that people who like me or people who think that I'm a good founder always tell me that you are a good person. And that is I was taught by my parents they were always saying, like, hey, you always have to thank people. You always have to say sorry when you did something wrong. Uh-huh. Those things are something that I think people are always telling me that. Sometimes they join us yeah. because they say, uh, I like to work with you. But and I think that that is so important, the, the, the trust and, and being a,
0: a true person. Mm-hmm. So many, for example, traditional sales models. Uh-huh. Are not necessarily honest and open and trusting, but as like a founder, that's an incredibly valuable thing.
1: I think so. I I'm not experienced entrepreneur. I'm not. I have never experienced post C, or growing public. So the only thing I think that our previous investors, the only reason why they invested in us. Yeah. I have been talking about this stories to many people, but I can. I think I can share it with share it with you tonight. So. After I quit my job at university, I got one way ticket to San Francisco. Wow. And I stayed, in the end, I stayed for two months, uh, for nine weeks in San Francisco without any hotel budget. H- how did you explain this to your wife? I had to go.
0: <laughs> for, Just for you us. Ha- you have to do for, it. For us, yeah. All right.
1: So I went to San Francisco, having only one friend who, who gave me a couch for a week. I had no idea how to validate my idea. I met him in Tokyo when he was traveling. He told me, you can stay here for a week, but you have to leave in a week, because I'm going for travel.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but because you are here, uh, let's have a dinner on Wednesday night, inviting my friends. Um, Okay, that sounds great. I think I can serve something like Japanese hand-making sushi dinner. Right, right. Yeah, and I went to Japantown to buy sashimi and rice and vinegar to create sushi rice and seaweed and miso to create miso soup. And everyone liked my hand-making sushi dinner. Japanese food for parties are really good because people collaborate on the table. Yeah. French dish, they cook in the kitchen, and they just... And it's complicated. Yeah, yeah they it. just get it in, into their yeah. private dish. But uh, nabe, or yakiniku, sukiyaki, <laughs> and handmade sushi... It's collaborative cooking. Yeah, people just talk to teach, yeah. teach how to cook it when they eat. So that's very really good. And one of them said, Hey, Yusuke, your sushi was awesome. You should come to my couch next week. <laughs> <laughs> and that happened nine times. And so you just kept cooking sushi? Sushi, tempura, udon, many things. So my friends who gave me a couch invited their friends. Other companies, CEOs, CTOs, like head of roles, those people are always there invited by my friend who gave me a couch. Those people who I met in the private dinners are now my investors, my early customers. So you, you met your investors by, by feeding them?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a great strategy it's
1: yeah, a- but, but, but when, when eating, they said Hey, Yusuke, what, actually what, what are you doing? And well, I, what can I do for you? Yeah. That's always their question But I,
0: I think it goes back to what you are saying before About the importance of just being An honest, simple person mm-hmm. Cooking, sitting down for dinner Is just a
1: very direct human thing to do mm-hmm. That was really good Because um, I could enter that community From their house yeah. As an uh, insider. Yeah, inside. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. actually, I was not really good at English before I traveled to Silicon Valley. That, But when I was coming back in the airplane, I could just listen to the movie without being concentrated. So your English movie. skills jumped up a lot. Yeah, so much. H- how long were you there? Um, two months. Okay, wow, yeah. that's a very intense two months of yeah. couch surfing in Silicon Valley. Yeah, but the bad story about this was that. One week after I left Tokyo, uh, my wife got programmed. Oh my god. <laughs> that makes things complicated. <laughs> so she 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 was so she she had a so tough time I think I, me. Wow that must have been an incredibly stressful time for both of you. Yeah, but she's strong. She said and that was really good because I, I didn't show you my ugly part. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh wow. Listen, this has been really great. Do, do you have anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I'd like to know why you invited me. Uh, really? Hmm? I, I. Okay, that's a very humble question to ask. <laughs> um, what I'm trying to do here is introduce the Japanese startup ecosystem and Japanese entrepreneurs to mm-hmm. the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily to get the most famous people or... Certainly not the people whose English is the best or any of that. but does not apply to me. <laughs> now, don't don't stop that. Your English is good. I mean. <laughs> um, to get people who have really valuable stories, mm-hmm. valuable experiences, and what I'm hoping is that right now, young Japanese entrepreneurs are listening way too much to VCs. Mm-hmm. VCs will say, you need to do A, you need to do B." They'll say, "Yeah, yeah, we should. Japanese entrepreneurs need to learn from other founders. Mm-hmm. That's why some of my guests are people who have already IPO'd. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, like you, very early stage, but with really interesting stories mm-hmm. that Thanks. I think that everyone could benefit from hearing. Mm-hmm. So um, I was really excited, and I still am really excited to have you on, because I, I, I think Thank that you. you your story is something that a lot of young Japanese will be able to relate to uh-huh. and say, oh, I could do that.
1: Do uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I can add something. Don't read tech too much. Don't read you tech- You You write for tech <laughs> You shouldn't say that. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good medium. You can learn a lot from them, but it's not everything.
0: Okay. Wh- wh- for what's, example,
1: what's missing? For example, if you... Maybe you think if you go to Silicon Valley, you can easily raise one million bucks. Oh, yeah, that. No, but it's yeah. only the news. <laughs> but there are really, really human aspect in, in the valley where people are communicating uh, really often. People are focusing on product. The star, rock star entrepreneurs, um, they are always like helping each other because most of them are foreign people who are always trying to find their home there. Other people who were helped by other people and succeeded are helping us so much. So that's more about human, And that's never been broadcasted in big mass media. That's true. It's the, the most
0: important thing is, is people helping yeah. each other. Yeah. And and that's why I had you on the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: thanks so much for coming in.
1: Thanks so much for having us.
0: All right, now It's my honor. And we're back. See? I told you he had a great story. And who would have imagined that sushi would be so central to company formation? Now, the interesting insight I mentioned, the one that I felt I had to include was that Yusuke mentioned that although AppSocially is based in San Francisco, a lot of his customers are based here in Japan, including some pretty big firms. And he shows up to those sales meetings in pure San Francisco style, wearing T-shirts and jeans. And the fact that he is a Japanese with a company in San Francisco makes it much easier for him to sell to the Japanese customers in Japan. It gives the larger Japanese firms more confidence that the innovation is valid. He gets away with showing up in casual attire because, well, that's how it's done in San Francisco. And this makes sense, since one of the ways that new ideas are often accepted in Japan is by having those ideas validated overseas. If you want to see the show notes and links to all of the resources we mentioned during our discussion, come by disruptingjapan.com. If you have some ideas on how to improve the show or who we should be interviewing, send me an email at feedback at And as always, if you like what we're doing, let people know about it. Like us on Facebook, give us a good review on iTunes, or just tell people who are asking about startups in Japan about disrupting Japan. This has been Disrupting Japan. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening.